at you guys. All of you. Such a small little crowd, but they're so cute. I'm not talking about the adults. You know, I'm talking about the children. You guys are cute. You're just so precious. I just want to pinch your cheeks really hard. And then there's Chris. I just want to go back there and pinch his cheek. Too. <laughs> when was the last time someone did that? Probably Marilyn, right? Did she pinch you on the cheek? Has she ever done that to you? No? Oh, man, I'm going to have to tell her to get you. There's something about a Greek grandma. When those Greek grannies come up to you and they just grab you by the cheek and they just kind of, ooh, I just want to kiss you in a vigorous, mean way. We're just talking about Marilyn. Welcome, Leslie. (laughs) Don't tell her we were talking about her. I'll have to edit this out of the recording. No, we'll, we'll leave it in there. We'll leave it. She can hear it. She probably doesn't even listen to the podcast. I don't know who listens to the podcast, but people do. It's weird. There's like, sometimes there's only a, a dozen. Sometimes there's like 500. I don't know what happens. I need to start putting interesting tags on the, the file. I think that's what happens. Sometimes I tag it. And people from Russia and other countries, I don't know. Maybe it's just a bot. You know, a BOT, one of those little internet bots. So, anyway, you guys all doing good? You ready for some church? Welcome, hunters. I was hoping. I almost texted you. I was like, are you guys on your way? And then I thought, you know what? I'll just leave them alone and see if they just show up. And look, heaven answered my question. And Leslie, it's so good to see you. You guys, so we're going to start pretty quick here. I'm not going to preach before we worship. Seriously, I'm not. I have no notes or anything to put up there first. We will read a declaration together and then we'll blast off. But I want to encourage you all, while we worship, feel free to, if you want to get up when you're worshiping and you want to just like, you can walk around. You don't have to stay in your seat. You can go back in a corner and just face the wall and just you know, make those weird faces that you feel like you want to make, but you're afraid everyone in the room will see you, so you don't do it. You know, just like, God, break through. You know, but you don't want, so you, you can face the wall. You could do anything you want. You could lay on the carpets back there. We're going to get more rugs. You could lay on the carpet if you want. If you just want to soak in the presence of God while we worship, you can do that. You can grab a flag. The flags are not just for the children. If you're a man in this room, yes, Josh, you too can flag. You can, Tristan, you can, there's a nice pink one there. If you want to flag with that thing, you just get back there and you whip that flag around. You are free. He's like, mm-mm, no. Okay, a gold one or a blue one. You know, that's what I would pick as more a guy color. Oscar? Go ahead and flag this morning if you want. I'm just saying, you guys, there's freedom. We don't ever need to feel trapped in our seat. If you just, if you feel like you're standing next to someone, doesn't have to be your spouse, but you're just like, I need more elbow room, just step out. Wave your hand. Sometimes you just need to do a physical expression of what you're sensing in the room. If you just feel like, oh, it just feels heavy in here, like a good heavy, like the presence of God is just around you, move around a little bit. Wave your hands. Sometimes if you just hold your hands out and just kind of feel the atmosphere, you can actually feel the presence of God. 
Not everybody senses and hears and sees and perceives the same way. We each individually perceive God's presence in different ways. But oftentimes, it is very tangible. Oftentimes, if you just, by faith, just kind of step into that, if you sense his presence, lean into him. Ask him. Ask him quite, even if the songs are going. We're singing a chorus, and you're just like, I feel your presence, God. Take a moment. You don't have to keep singing. You can stop and just say, what are you doing in the room right now? Show me something. Give me a, a picture or a, a scripture. Speak to my heart. This is our opportunity when we worship in this, in this space. This is an opportunity for us to interact with the presence of God. We worship him in spirit and in truth. And that means we get to explore his presence. We get to come boldly before his throne because Jesus paid the price. The price has been paid. We get to come to the throne of God by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is our access. It's by his blood and by the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 2 says that we have direct access to the Father in the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Jesus. So you have the blood of the Lamb and the Holy Spirit is the Wi-Fi connection for the kids in the room in case you need an illustration. And it will not drop. It does not lag. It is a, the fastest high-speed internet connection you could ever imagine. It goes from eternity to eternity. All right. You guys ready? Want to stand up? Let's read a declaration together. And we will worship. All right. You guys ready? You going to say it with me? So before we say it, think on these words and declare it with faith. Declare these things about him and about yourself. Here we go. I am powerful, and what I believe changes the world. So today I declare, God is in a good mood. He loves me all the time. Nothing can separate me from his love. Jesus' blood paid for everything. I will tell nations of what he has done. I am important. How he made me is amazing. I was designed for worship. My mouth establishes praise to silence the enemy. Everywhere I go becomes a perfect health zone. And with God, nothing is impossible. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, we just lift our hands. We begin our worship right now. We offer our bodies to you, King Jesus. We offer our bodies to you as living sacrifices made holy and acceptable by the blood of Jesus. We present ourselves before you this morning. We step into that place of the Spirit. We come into your presence by faith in the Holy Spirit, by the blood of the Lamb, and we come to worship you to declare the truth of who you are and the truth of how you see us. We declare the price that Jesus paid, paid for more than just us getting to heaven. It paid for heaven invading the earth. So this morning we say, Holy Spirit, come. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in this room and in our lives this morning. We come and assemble together as one body to give you high praise and to welcome your presence into our city and into our county and into our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
could just take a minute. We humble our hearts before you, King Jesus, before your glory, before your holiness, before your majesty. You are the one that breaks the chains. You're the one that breaks the yokes. Before your presence, that's when things happen. So we humble our hearts before you, King Jesus. Declare you as Lord of our lives in every area, in every space, in our families, in our homes in our workplaces. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace, Father. Who can come before you? Such a glorious and holy God. Only those who have clean hands and a pure heart. Thank you for setting the table clean. Thank you for setting our hearts clean. We bless you, King Jesus. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and freedom lives. Freedom lives. There is hope. There is life. There is freedom. If there's anyone who received a word or wants to share something, they saw it through worship, be it a prayer, be it praise, be it thanksgiving, be it a word of knowledge, go ahead and come forward. Now's the time to share. Well, <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but this morning I got in the car and the enemy hit. Bombarding. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. Did you get this done this week? What about being a better wife? What about being a better mom? What do you guys do with your thoughts when the enemy is taking hold and is shooting you with a BB gun? Well, in the car, I was asking for peace. I was listening to Graham Cook this morning as I was painting my face. <laughs> and he, I, what kind of flowed over my spirit was, remain in God's peace. And so I thought about, how do I get in and remain in God's peace? Well, I don't know if this is your secret, but it's mine. I started praying in tongues. And at first it was just blah, 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 blah. And that's all it sounded like. But you know, we don't follow the spirit by what we know or what's in our heads. We follow him by our spirit. So I kept going and I kept going. 
and peace started coming over me. And all those things that have been going, you're not a good enough wife, you're not a good enough mother, you need to be doing this. What about the bills? I wasn't thinking about those anymore. God had given me a divine exchange this morning. I gave him my stress. All those different departments, I was handing them to him. And you know what? He gave me something in return. He gave me his peace. I was resting in that peace that everything's going to be okay. And at this moment, that's what I needed. So when I walked in here, I was hoping somebody would point me out because I wanted to say good morning because now it is. It's a good morning. Good morning, kings and priests. That's a good word. One of the ways I do it is like, because um, God's grace, it covers over so much. It's just, it's just this refreshing. Um, have you ever chewed on a strong mint, like an Altoid or a Tic Tac, and then you, you breathe in and that air feels cool going into your lungs? Well, the Lord's grace is kind of like that. He's right in front of you, and he's breathing his grace into you. So as you inhale, you're breathing in God's grace. As you exhale, you're breathing in sadness, sorrow, disappointment, um, whatever negative emotion. And he breathes it in, and he takes it. That's, that's one of the divine exchanges. When we give our stuff to God, he exchanges it for peace, joy. It's just, it's such a neat thing. So, if you ever feel that way, try inhaling. Just picture God's grace going into you. And all the cares of the world breathing out and he's taking them. That was awesome, Wesley. Thank you. I, I totally know what you mean by the enemy trying to beat up on you with, you know, just, I was, David and I, we were talking earlier this week, and um, I, I used to feel like the enemy was, he had all his little minions in line, about a hundred of them in line, and they all had a negative word. Um, you know, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do this? You're late on this. You never started that. You never finished that. So, yeah. And so, for me, I found that when I just basically just, like, turn a deaf ear to all that and just keep myself in, uh, just stay in the Lord's face, in his presence, it's like they don't even line up anymore. You know, maybe one or two will show up in the morning, but, you know, <laughs> they don't seem to enjoy the Lord's presence. <laughs> so um, just one of the things that I wanted to share is when I was a kid, I grew up in a very um, dysfunctional, you know, divorced parents and step-parents and step-siblings, and it was just a lot of, just seemed like it was a lot of drama. And so um, we were fortunate enough. We had our two granddaughters last night. And um, 
it was just, it was so peaceful. You know, the one, the one granddaughter, she loves to have her back rubbed. And, and then as she's falling asleep, I'm um, just speaking into her the uh, 23rd Psalm and, um, and just praying and she just soaking it up. And I, I just see the Lord's faithfulness in all of that, that here he brought me from this brokenness into this place of peace. So, that's it. <laughs> oh, one other thing. If you feel like you need some strong medicine, start taking communion on your own more often. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to, if you feel like you're really going through some stuff, start taking the communion because God's communion, his body and his blood, if you picture what it's doing, it's going into us and it's changing our DNA to his DNA. So when you do that, you are changing your circumstances. You're changing your life. Seeing it. Seeing it. Yes. Good stuff, man. Anybody else got something? Lancer? Julia? Clayton? Emily? Nora? Grace? Anybody? Guys in the back, Joe, Chris. You coming up? Oh, awesome, man. The enemy often likes to hijack our what if thinking. And that can be very disabling on a lot of levels. Your what if thinking, you know, the thing you can't see, you know, the enemy, the disease, the Ebola, you know what have you, what if. So, you know, be aware of that. You know, he'll toy with that one too. Thank you. Yeah, you know, that's, the Lord is on that when he's revealing the truth of the spiritual battle that we're in. You know, just the awareness that, you know, those thoughts, they're not always yours. And it's not always you. You might be feeling like, man, I just feel so gross because of the thoughts that bombard my mind sometimes. It's oftentimes the enemy. He's dirty. He's a slime ball. He just likes to come and speak in first-person tone. He's very deceptive. You know, and <clears throat> that, all of that was good, and I just want to go back to Leslie. And, you know, we declared that before we began worship. We establish praise to silence the enemy. Praise silences the enemy. When you begin to worship, the Bible tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. He comes riding in on your songs. So lift up your song to him. When you feel like the enemy is just trying to weigh you down and cause you to feel like everything is falling apart around you, begin to worship. Begin to worship. We all know that story in Acts where Paul and Silas Paul and Silas are imprisoned after taking a beating for the gospel, chained to the wall, and at midnight, they began to worship. They began to lift up their voices, and all the prisoners heard them. And what happened? The place started to rumble, and all the chains of the prisoners broke. When we worship... He, it just releases his presence right into the situation, right into the room. 
That's why we make it a, a high point of our gatherings to worship Jesus, to take time to just welcome his presence in, because when he comes, everything changes. You know, when we stand face to face with him someday, when we exit this flesh suit and it gets buried into the dirt and we, our spirit man goes to stand before the Lord, nothing else will matter. The source of life, Jesus Christ, the, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who created all things and by him all things were made, we will stand before him, the life giver, and nothing will matter. All of the stuff of earth will pale. It'll just pull. And we have that opportunity now because he's with you. He lives in you if you're a believer. The Bible says that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received upon believing in Jesus. You were marked, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. He is inside of you. That is what makes you born again. Your spirit receives the Holy Spirit and you are resurrected into a new life, a new creature. Born again. So yeah, praise, worship, declare. It doesn't have to be to songs. You could just begin to speak the truth of God. You could grab the Bible and just begin reading out loud scriptures, making declarations of what God's promises are. His promises are precious. You know, the Bible tells us somewhere in Colossians that all, all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. All of them. Therefore, we speak the amen. Anyway, you guys doing okay? I'm going to set the timer. Well, yeah, I, this is going to be tricky. Come on, face thing. Open my phone. I'm going to go backwards on some words that I got, and let's see, I'll watch the time, then I'll deduct from quarter after 12, so, because I have the timer on my phone, so I, if I start it now, I won't be able to read this stuff. So I'm just going to go backwards and some stuff that I was feeling God was giving me a download in worship. When we were worshiping and we were singing those words, your praise will ever be on my lips. Praise is the password. Praise is the password into his presence. Worship, learn to worship. I know I just said this about worship, but learn. Step into that place of worship. Kids especially. There was a time in my life as a new Christian that I didn't think I had a good voice. Probably still don't have a good voice. It's okay. It works for me. You know, God likes it. Um, he likes my songs. You don't have to. That's all right. I was very embarrassed to sing out loud, like wholeheartedly belting out the songs. And I was in a new uh, church that had split, and we were in a living room meeting, uh, this little fraction of the church. We were in a living room meeting, and this lady handed me the song sheet. And I said, that's okay. I don't, I don't really sing. She's like, you got a voice? Sing. And I don't know what overwhelmed me and came upon me, but I just took the sheet, and I just started worshiping. And something shifted inside of me. When you activate your voice, it's like installing new software on that computer. It's like, it's like running the antivirus program. It does something. It shifts who you are. It cleans the machine. I know I'm looking at you, but you can relate to computers. When you 
lift your, activate your voice, it shifts inside of you. God does not need our worship. He's very secure in who he is. He does not need it. It does not make him feel better about himself when we remind him of how powerful and awesome he is. I think he knows. Angels probably have this mirror and they put it before him and then they're like, holy, holy, holy are you Lord God Almighty. And then the temple starts to shake and fill with smoke. And that was kind of a weak example, but you know, it's probably pretty loud and powerful. They see it, he knows it, he doesn't need it, it's for us. Because when we speak out who he is, when we declare truth, it changes us. Our tongue is wired to our brain and our spirit. I don't know how it all works, but it is all tied together. And the words you speak and the things that you declare out into the atmosphere doesn't just shift the atmosphere, although it does. You can welcome the enemy into a situation by declaring negativity and hopelessness and agreeing with the devil's plan of sickness taking you out. This is going to end in cancer. Oh no, the C word. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word than cancer. The blood of Jesus was the price that was paid for healing and for salvation and deliverance. So we put our yes and our amen to his promises and we break that thing. We sever the lies. We break off the lies that are, that are trying to infiltrate the, the castles inside of our brain these towers of beliefs, these walls of beliefs that we build, these strongholds of lies that the enemy wants to set into us so that he can hide behind it and operate from inside, we can break down those walls. We demolish every argument, every stronghold, every high and lofty thing that might try to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. And we take captive every thought and we say, obey Obey. Brain, obey the truth. Brain, no matter how dark this looks, no matter how grim it may look at the post office, no matter how negative the atmosphere might be in my living room at this moment, I'm going to put my foot down and say, stop. This has to stop. This is not what I was designed for. This is not what we were born for. We were born to bring his kingdom into the earth. We have been chosen by God to be a vessel of honor, a vessel of his glory, a vessel, an earthen vessel that carries the royal glory of the King of kings and Lord of lords everywhere we go. And he wants to rewire our thinking and he wants to rewire our tongue and he wants to shift the atmosphere and release his kingdom with people like you and me who will partner with heaven and enforce his kingdom by speaking it. And by walking in it, I'm sorry if I'm a little passionate. I just came over me. Sorry. His presence comes on the praises and worship. So I have a word for the young men in the room. I'm not going to try to look at everyone just because I'm going to take too long. Chris, Clayton, Ethan. I'm going backwards by age. Tristan, Oscar. That covers all the young guys, right? Sorry, older men, if you're in your teens or above your teens, you can take this for yourself if you want. This is what I heard the Lord say for you guys. He has supernatural clothing for you. 
He has supernatural clothing for you to wear. It's waiting for you to put on. Go ahead and wonder, well, what does that look like? He'll never close the wardrobe on you, even if you wait for years. Even if you drag your feet to go to the wardrobe of heaven and put on what he is offering for you, he's not going to close the door. As long as you have breath, that door is open for you because he loves you and he wants you to know him and he wants you to know the things, the good gifts that he has for each one of you. He'll never close the wardrobe on you, even if you wait for years. He loves his sons. He wants to give you supernatural garments, headgear, armor, swords, shields, badges of authority, just like a police officer, Oscar. God wants to give you a badge of authority to arrest the enemy. He wants to give you power. This is not just words. He wants to give you power. The Bible uses the word dunamos. It's like dynamite. It's the word we use for where we get dynamite from. He wants to give you dunamis power, dynamite power. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is living inside of you, and that's the same power he wants to release in your life. He wants to add his super to your natural. Yeah, I stole that from somebody. He wants to add his super to your natural. You can see how far you can get on your own. Okay, he's not going to invade your space. He's not going to force you to do things his way. He's going to let you see how far you can get on your own apart from him. All the adults in the room are like, yeah, we've been there. We know. That's why we're here today. He wants to add his super to your natural. You can guarantee his favor towards you head to toe, present into the future. You can guarantee it because he is your dad. He is your dad. Call out to him as your dad. Jesus made it possible for you and me to call out to God, Daddy, Abba, Father. It's an intimate Aramaic word that, that the Bible tells us that we get to call God, Abba, Father. It's like saying, Daddy, Papa. Our, you can be formal, say, Our Father who art in heaven, is he painting pictures? Who art in heaven, or you can come to him and fall on your knees in his presence and say, Daddy, I need to know your love for me. I need to know how you see me, how you created me. I need to hear your thoughts towards me because right now all I hear is negativity and hopelessness. Tell me, we were singing it, show me who you are and fill me with your heart. I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to hear you. That is what he's offering to you. And then the three younger girls in the room. Grace, Evelyn. Did I catch her attention? You heard me, right? I called your name, little lady. I'm not looking at you, Donald. I'm looking at the little girl behind you. <laughs> I wouldn't call you a young lady. Evelyn. So Grace, Evelyn, and Nora. This is what I heard during worship. The Father, Daddy God, He delights over you. He delights over you. He says He's proud of you. He is proud of you, Grace. 
He's proud of you, his beautiful royal princesses. You are not common folk. You are not peasants in the village. You are royalty. You are princesses. He has treasure from heaven waiting for you to discover. He's got treasure from heaven, Nora, waiting for you to discover. Like a treasure hunt. He's inviting you girls on a treasure hunt. He's inviting you on a lifelong journey. It doesn't have to end when you get older. It's a lifelong journey of seeking it out, like an Easter egg hunt. You guys done Easter egg hunts? Do your parents allow that? Yeah. It's not one of those pagan things that we don't do as Christians. Julie's like, well, we don't do Easter eggs. No, you guys do, don't you? We don't either. No, we don't either. But anyway. Okay. I'm going to keep going here. Alice. (laughs) This actually, I felt like the Lord gave me this morning when we were at home and just preparing. I looked up your name. Didn't know it. Meant of noble birth. I wish I knew that when my grandmother was still alive. But your name means of noble birth. And it was not an accident that you were named Alice. This is what I I saw as I was just thinking about this and trying to hear what God had to say for you. I heard crowned with the royal crown of truth to grace your mind crown of truth to grace your mind, your thoughts. As you wear this crown, it is actually your putting on the presence of God by the Holy Spirit. So as you put truth as a crown on your head, it is, it is the same thing as putting on the presence of God in the Spirit. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He will lead you and guide you into all truth. Lean into him and allow him to cover your head. Allow him to cover your mind with his truth, with his crown. It is a precious crown. It brings him great pleasure to take his royal spirit, Holy Spirit, like oil, and pour himself over the crown of your head, saturating deep into your mind deep into your mind, soul, and spirit. I see a long flowing gown of grace and peace covering your steps. This was the picture, a crown and a long flowing gown of grace and peace covering your feet as you're walking. I see you treading carefully, being very cautious, but he wants you to know his hand is under you. His hand is under your feet, and you can rest secure, knowing he will uphold you. So we bless you with that. That's all. That's all I got. Sorry. We're hoping for more? Okay. Actually, as he was saying that, I saw an actual crown on your head with colored jewels around blue for um, health and life, green for 
life-giving. Purple, royalty. Red, the blood of Jesus. White, he washes us white as snow. All these different colors. You know, this morning I've just felt so strong the love of God over every one of you in this room. <clears throat> I shared with our Friday night group uh, this, the other night, God has been tenderizing me. I'm in a season. These are off and on seasons of being tenderized. I'm going to start the timer here. I trimmed it down because we took 14 minutes. See, so you guys, 16 minutes. I don't know what that will leave us with by the time we're done here. So, yeah, 1245. You guys okay with that? 15 minutes of some scripture. I'll, I'll try to just, you know, flow in the spirit for you. <clears throat> but I just felt like God's just had this, had me in this season right now of just tenderizing. And, uh, you know, the, he does this to us. He brings us into these places of where we just, we're just hungry. Sometimes you don't even know what it is. What in the world is going on with this? I opened up the wrong thing. Here we go. You, you may not know what it is that this almost like just a, a sensitivity and a, a hunger for something more, and you may not understand what it is, but I can guarantee you God is on your life and he's constantly pursuing you. Okay. Here we go. We're going to drop all the way down, Ethan, to slides number 21 and then 22. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, this is the Lord speaking. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. <clears throat> Don't go on yet. God knows the, the plans he has for you. His thoughts towards you are constant. His mind, his, his dreams, his whatever it is how we describe it, the, the vision that he has towards your life is constantly on. He sees every one of you in this room as his sons and daughters. Now, not everyone on planet Earth is born again into an official adopted into the kingdom son or daughter of God. So I'm not going to say that everyone is going to heaven so, but, but he still sees those who have not yet come into the kingdom as sons and daughters that are lost. And he wants his kids to come home. His heart towards planet earth is that his children would know him as father. He wants to bring his sons and daughters on planet earth into a relationship with himself. And he knows the plans he has for you. They are on. They are constant. He doesn't take vacations, come back a, a year from now and check on you. Oh, how are you doing now? Did you figure it out, you dummy? You know, that's not God. That's something else. He has nothing else to preoccupy himself with that we know of in this universe. So far, we have not found life on other planets. Yeah, you know, there's, you know people see UFOs and stuff when they're tripping out or their imagination gets a little bit too far. But, you know, hey, I, I, I believe, you know, there's stuff out there probably. But I know it all fits into the Bible. And I know it all fits in with the angelic and the demonic realm. 
But in this universe, we are the only planet that we know of with life on it as we're experiencing right now. God knows the thoughts he has towards you. His eye is on you. The eyes of the Lord roam back and forth across the earth, looking for those who hearts, whose hearts are completely his. He's looking for the hearts of those who are responding to his pulling of your heart towards himself. So when you and I, who are believers, call out to our dad, he is there quicker than you could imagine. He is for you. He is not against you. I know the plans I have for you, plans for welfare, not for evil. Evil does not come from the Lord. He does not bring evil into your life. He's a good father. We can talk about, well, then why does stuff happen? That's another topic, but it doesn't come from his hand. He has a future and a hope for you. Let's look at the next verse. Psalm 139, 17 through 18. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I were to count them, they are more than the sand on the seashore. And when I wake up, I'm still with you. God's thoughts toward you and me, out you can't count how many grains of sand are on the seashore, can you? You can try. Get a cup, start counting. You think, you know, a couple prophetic words that after pressing in and, you know, my, my finite human brain is, you know, in God's timing being shaped and, and opened up to hear him more clearly. Just a few little prophetic words, a little couple encouragements for those of us that are here. You think that might be something good and something that, that speaks to your heart and is, it maybe touches a chord. <clears throat> but his thoughts, that's just like one little grain. Him wanting you to know that he is your dad, that he wants to add his super to your natural, that's just one little speck of grain in all of the thoughts that he has towards each one of us. And it's our, our desire as a church to be a people that we would, we, we would call ourselves a prophetic community, a prophetic people. And all that means is that we believe that we can hear the voice of God and that he wants an intimate relationship with each one of us where he can walk with us and we can know him and fellowship with him. And we can know his thoughts. We can know his mind. Let's look at slides 23 through 25. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, 
the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit of God, guys. This is why you and I need Holy Spirit to fill us, to be invited to come into our lives, to lay your hand on your head when you're in the shower or in your bedroom, wherever you're going. Stick your fingers on your forehead and pray for yourself. Don't wait for Bill Johnson or Randy Clark or some conference. Pray for yourself. Ask God, fill me with your spirit. I need Holy Spirit to saturate my mind. Psalm 23, 5, and that was the verse that I, I didn't quote the reference. That was for you, Alice. He anoints your head with oil. Oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He wants to anoint. He wants to saturate your head with the oil of his presence. He wants to cover your thoughts with his peace, with the shalom of heaven. The Spirit of God searches, searches all things, even the deep things of God. Wrap your mind around that. You think your mind could be pretty awesome sometimes? Imagine God's mind. The Spirit of God searches. For who knows a person's thoughts except the, their own spirit within them? Nobody knows your thoughts except for your spirit man or spirit woman inside of your body right now. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Period. You don't know God's mind. Only the Holy Spirit knows his mind. You can try to read the Bible apart from the illumination of the Holy Spirit, and it's just going to be words. It's just going to be rules, doctrine, and there won't be life in it. But when the Holy Spirit comes and illuminates the written word of God, it comes alive. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand. God wants you to understand what God has freely given us. You can't earn it. I, I haven't earned it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give your love away. Is that how that song goes? I don't deserve it, and I can earn it, but it's freely given away. God wants to reveal his thoughts to you and me that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. And the last part, the person without the Spirit, okay, pause. That tells us right there that there are people who do not have Holy Spirit in them, okay? So when I said not everybody is considered a child of God by born-again results. God still sees them as sons and daughters of the earth, sons and daughters of man that he created, and he still is their father. Okay, But the person without the Spirit, we get back to the scripture here, does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. That's a dangerous place to be when you start to consider the things of God foolish and cannot understand them because they are discerned. They are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. 
But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Just soak in that for a minute. If you are a believer, and God does not make it hard, he has freely given you and me access to come to him to be saved. He welcomes you to come into his kingdom to receive what Jesus paid for on the cross. And what he paid for on the cross is far more than just getting you into heaven when you die someday. He paid the price on the cross so that the Holy Spirit would come and come into your body and into your your brain, into your spirit, flooding you, creating in you a new person. Someone who has never walked the face of the earth before. You are a new creature when you're in Christ. The old is gone, the new is here, and it doesn't go away. Where was I going with that? Jesus paid for it. Jesus paid the price that you would have not only the Holy Spirit come and seal you and mark you, but that he would fill you with power, that he would fill you with the mind of Christ. Sometimes when I was looking at this and thinking about it, it it almost sounds kind of weird, you know, the, the mind of Christ, the mastermind. But you know what? The reality is you and I have access to God's thoughts. He, he's not going to keep it a secret. Like what I felt he was saying for the young girls in the room. He has treasures for you to seek out. He has secrets, things that are hidden. And he doesn't hide it because he doesn't want you to find it. He hides it so that you'll go looking for it because he's playful. God the Father, Daddy God is a playful God. And he loves it when his kids want to interact with him and seek things out. He wants to reveal his nature to you. He's not an angry, distant, stingy God. He gives freely to anyone who asks, but he just wants that kind of relationship with us. Well, we've got two minutes and 15 seconds. Let's see, what can we cherry pick out of here? You want to talk? No. Okay, so a lot of this I covered last week. The heart of of God for our church, for all churches, is that we would have an apostolic prophetic foundation. That just means that we would see things from heaven's perspective and we would hear things from heaven's perspective. We would see the future. We would see where we're going the way God sees it, the way he's dreaming, and we would hear his thoughts towards every situation. Our thoughts about him, our thoughts about ourselves, our thoughts about each other, and the thoughts that we have about our circumstances. It's important to him that, that we lock into his mind, that we, the body of Christ, grow up into him who is our head and start to receive from the head, which is Christ, the thoughts and the, and the vision of heaven for our lives talked about how Jesus is perfect theology. Everything we see in Jesus is the heart of God revealed to us. We don't need to use Job as an example of how to do life and ministry. Okay. What the end story with Job when he stands face to face with God? I put my hand over my mouth. In other words, shut up. Don't even talk. Because when you see him, 
you have no word. We talked about apostles, 40 seconds. We have the Holy Spirit so that we have the mind of Christ. I'm going to skip all of this. Yeah, we'll just close. Good word, Tammy. God gave her a word, a prophetic word. Just close. Just close. Why don't you guys stand up? So based on what we just looked at in scriptures, based on the word of God, we know that it's his will to reveal his thoughts towards us. It's his will that you and I would hear his voice. In the the next week or two, I'm hoping that we can just kind of go into learning different ways to activate our ability to hear. There are, there are wisdom-filled tools that God has given to teachers that help ignite people into that type of walk with God. But when you boil it down to God's heart, he just wants intimacy with you. He wants to walk with you. As the old hymn says, he walks with me and talks with me. I never sang that song. I didn't grow up in an Assembly of God church. God bless you. You did. He walks with me and talks with me. Okay, it sounds kind of like a goofy old song, but our modern songs are basically the same thing. I love your voice. I love your voice. Yeah, that's all I can remember of that song. I can hear Jen Johnson singing it right now. I love your voice. (laughs) For your mercy never fails me. Darkest nights. You are close like no other. Basically the same thing. Even in the darkest night in your life, the dark season of the soul that they say that we all go through, it's probably true. But we don't have to fear the valley of the shadow of death. We don't have to fear evil because he is with us. His rod and his staff They comfort us. The nearness of God is my good. He is preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Surely goodness, goodness, the goodness of God and his mercy will be with you all the days of your life. So let's just put our hands out. Yeah, Father God, We just receive by your spirit what you want to impart to us today. We receive what Jesus paid for. We grab hold this morning of the truth and we say yes and amen to the truth that you have revealed to us your thoughts and we have the mind of Christ. We say yes to you, Lord. We say yes to stepping out into an adventure with you, to know you, to walk with you, to talk with you, to learn to hear your voice, to know your thoughts towards us, that your plans for us are good. See, more songs are coming to my mind here. We know your thoughts and your plans for us are good. Thank you, Lord. 
We, we rest in your goodness today and we press in to what you want to give to us. We press in towards you, Jesus. And this morning, we receive healing for our physical bodies. We know, Jesus, that you healed everyone that you came across, everyone who came to you for healing. You, you turned away nobody, but you healed all. And this morning, we believe and we declare that the price of the cross, the blood that was shed on Calvary, was sufficient and paid in full everything we need for healing in our bodies. So this morning, by the authority of King Jesus, by the authority of the cross, we declare life into every body in this room. We speak life that God did not give you a spirit of fear, but he gave you a spirit of peace. How did someone help me? I was getting to the sound mind part, but what's the first two? Okay, God did not give you a spirit of fear, thank you, but of peace and of love and a sound mind. So I just declare over every brain in this room, if you need to lay hands on your head, I declare over your brain this morning that you have a sound mind in Christ, that the thoughts of God towards you are coming in now, that he's revealing his thoughts and his heart towards you, his plans for you to have a hope and a future, for your welfare, because he's a good father. We declare life and soundness now that is yours, freely given by God. We speak to bodies in this room this morning. We say every broken place, every, every injured part come to life in Jesus' name. Come back into complete working order. Muscles be restored. Tissue be repaired. Circulation come in the way the kingdom of heaven ordained it to work. We just, we speak, we plea the blood of Jesus from head to toe over everybody in this room. And we curse sickness. We curse every foreign attack that might be coming against your body or has already gotten a hook into your body. And we curse those things and we say in the name of Jesus, be removed. Go now in his powerful name. And in his name, we'll finish with this. We declare the forgiveness of sins. We say that by the blood of Jesus, you are forgiven. By the blood of Jesus, I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I have been credited the righteousness of Christ. Say it for yourself. I have been credited the righteousness of Christ. I am holy and dearly loved by God. I am no longer seen as a sinner, but now I am a saint. You are not sinners. You are saints. You are dearly loved children of God, sons and daughters of God most high, royalty. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. If anybody wants prayer, further prayer, come up to the front. Otherwise, we're going to dismiss and we just bless everyone today. Let the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds through your faith in Jesus. Amen.